0: This morning I uh, I want to spend some time talking to us about overcoming life's challenges. Overcoming life's challenges. I'm going to start it off today and wrap it up the following Sunday when I come back. You know, all of us face challenges in life. Amen. Life has numerous challenges. Many of you sitting here, you're probably in the middle of a difficult situation in life, in the middle of a challenging situation. Now, what if you just think about this? There are just various kinds of challenges that people face in life. It could be disappointments in life. People that you're counting on, they let you down. Maybe you're disappointed with your parents. Or the parents are disappointed with their kids. Lots of things, disappointments. Things you are hoping would happen, didn't happen. Things you are hoping would take shape, didn't take shape. Disappointments in life. Other kinds of challenges would be maybe you're in a bad marriage. Now you remember the day you walked down the aisle expecting the rest of your life. To be one of total bliss. You walked down that island. And uh, little did you realize what was going to happen. Maybe five years down the road, things just suddenly went sour. And and, uh, everything just fell apart. Marriage. Sometimes it doesn't just end with separation. It ends with divorce. And it's a reality of life. And a bad marriage not only has its effect on you, but it has its impact on the kids. And there may be young people sitting here today, and you're saying, Gosh, I hate my father, or I hate my mother, because of the way they've been behaving at home and the way they're quarreling and fighting. And as a young person, maybe that's your biggest challenge. Your biggest challenge is not your Hindi exam, your biggest challenge is your parents. Amen did not handle, but God help my parents. Maybe that's your biggest challenge today, sitting here. A bad home situation, a bad family situation. Sometimes failure can be a tremendous challenge in life. You worked hard, you did your best, and yet you didn't win. You didn't succeed, you failed. Sometimes you don't do your best, you fail, and at least <laughs> you don't feel that bad. But sometimes when you fail, even after you've given your best and you worked hard, you slogged it out, and, and still you fail. Life's challenge. For some parents sitting here, your biggest challenge are your kids, Your children. From the time you were born, you know, you the day you were born, you came and you dedicated them to the Lord. You prayed for them. You made sure they went to Sunday school. You forced them to go to every VBS. You sent them to youth camp. And yet the day they turned 18, you heard the news. Your son, your daughter lying drunk in a bar. On dope. Hooked to cigarettes. And you're saying, God. What happened? All that dream, all those dreams I had for my kids, my son, my daughter, all that I hoped for, and and God, what went wrong? I did everything I knew I had to do, and yet something went wrong. And that's your biggest challenge, sitting here this morning. Life has its challenges. Some of us could be, our challenges could be in the workplace. A terrible boss. he never understands you, and you never understand him. And you have to work together to get things done. Or it could be really bad colleagues. they're not they they're not cooperative, they're always against you. or maybe in your workplace, you've done your best and you're expecting a big thumbs up and all you get is a big thumbs down. And that's your that's your challenge. maybe right now, sitting here. That's a big challenge you're facing. For others, thanks to Visa card and MasterCard, our challenge could be financial. The day you applied for Visa and MasterCard, nobody told you that you are actually getting a double-edged sword. (laughs) And you went around merrily, you know, forum, central later, swiping your card. Until you realized one day, It wasn't just a piece of plastic. It was real stuff because now you have a bill waiting for you and it's bigger than you can handle and you wish you could go back to every store and just reverse swipe the card. But you can't do that. There's a big mountain of debt, financial, or maybe it was some investments you made and you you put all the money you had into a, a business deal and It was like money taking wings, they just flew out the door into cyberspace, never to return. And that's probably a challenge you're facing this morning. Others, for some of us, waiting can be a big challenge. You're waiting for that perfect husband. And you've been waiting a long while. Or you're waiting for that perfect wife to come along. Or you're standing in line for a job. Now you've sent your resumes to a thousand companies, attended hundred interviews. And still, the, the getting that job seems so difficult. And you're waiting, you're waiting, you're waiting. And you're just saying, God, if something doesn't happen, I'm just probably going to grow old waiting. And and it's leading to discouragement. You're afraid. You're, you're getting discouraged. That's probably the biggest challenge. For some of us sitting here this morning, our life's challenge could be an, a new assignment. You know, you're also comfortable where you are in your present situation and your boss walks in and says, Congratulations. Tomorrow I'm giving you this new assignment. You're saying, God, I was just happy where I am. I'm not asking for a promotion. I'm not asking for an increase. I'm just happy here. And here comes his boss and he just totally... Troubles my nest and gives me this new assignment. You feel like that little cat having to walk past those hundred watchdogs and saying, God, this is too big for me. It's just too much. Can I make it over to the other side? Can I rise up to this challenge? Can I meet this thing? It's just too big for me. Or it feels like you're you've got to climb a huge mountain and you're, God, can I just make it to the top? It's going to take every ounce of strength, every little energy I have, and it's probably bringing you into a place of fear. Fear is knocking on the door because you've got a new assignment to take, and you're afraid. And we can just go on with all the different challenges we would face in life. John chapter 16, verse 33. What we need to understand is this, that we will face Challenges. Life has its share of tribulations. John 16, verse 33. Jesus said, These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. You know, Jesus said, in the world you have tribulation. You have challenges. The word tribulation simply means pressure, affliction, burden, persecution, tribulation, trouble, whatever. You've got challenges coming your way. You have it in the world. As long as you're in the world, you're going to face it. In the world you have challenges. But the good news is this. Jesus said, be of good cheer, be courageous. Why? I have overcome the world. The Amplified Bible puts it this way. Jesus said, I have deprived it of power to harm you and have conquered it for you. Jesus didn't have to overcome the world for himself. He was already King and Lord. The reason he overcame the world, he did it for you and for me. Amen. So he said, I have overcome the world, so you be of good cheer. In the world, you are going to have tribulation. You are gonna face challenges. You know, and the interesting thing is this challenges come to everybody. First Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, 1 Corinthians 10, 13. The Bible says, No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to man. But God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you're able, but with the temptation will also make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. No temptation, the word temptation, the Greek simply means to put to proof, to test, to try out, to put to proof. No temptation, no putting to proof has overtaken you, but what is common to man, meaning you're not the only one who's got hurdles in their track. Amen? You know, many of us think, you know, they put hurdles only in my track. Excuse me. Everybody else running the race beside you, they also have hurdles in their tracks. Amen? You're not the only one who's got to jump over hurdles. There are others in the race who also have to jump over their share of hurdles. Everyone is going to face temptation or is going to face his trial, is going to face challenges in life. It's just that some people have it in this area. Somebody else has it in another area. Somebody else has it in another area. It's just different areas. But everyone's got their share of challenges in life. Amen? You all have to face it. Face challenges. Now, challenges can either make you or break you. Challenges can paralyze you and pin you down. Or they can perfect you and propel you. In the purpose of God. It all depends on what how you respond to the challenge you face. Amen? It all depends. You know, take for example, Kathy and Sally. They're not here this morning incidentally. and just fictitious names. You know, both got married. They were so happy the day they got married. Had two kids and five years down the road in the marriage. Both Kathy and both, and Sally end up in a divorce. Shocking. Tears their life apart. Traumatic. Unexpected. But here's what Kathy does. She gets all bitter towards the man that she was married to once. She's so upset with him. She's angry with him. She cannot forgive him. And day after day she says, He ruined my life. She can never forgive him. And all that bitterness and anger, she begins to take it out on her kids. And her kids don't want to stay in the same house with her. And Kathy is like a black hole. Because anytime somebody comes around her, She sucks out every enthusiasm they have for life. So nobody wants to come around Kathy. Nobody. They all stay away from her. Why? They're afraid they get next to her. They lose their zeal for life. Nobody wants to come around her. And Kathy goes through life full of bitterness, full of... Resentment and anger and hatred towards her husband. She's been paralyzed by that one challenge she had to face. Totally paralyzed. It pinned her down at that, in that situation and ruined the rest of her life. But take Sally for, for instance. Sally has the same situation. Gone through that same challenge in life. She says, you know, I was at fault... He was at fault. Things didn't work out. Marriage went bad. Yes, it ended in divorce. But you know, I'm going to do something with my life. I'm going to make my life count. And so she does her best to take care of her kids. She does her best to bring them up. She develops her skills. She goes out and finds meaning. She becomes part of her church. She begins to serve God. She does the best she can. She forgives her husband, forgets it. She's full of joy. People find it a joy to be around her. They find her life an inspiration. Amen. And who knows? She might find another man who can be a husband to her and a father to her kids. Amen. Another husband, I mean. Two people going through the same experience in life can react differently. The life challenge can either paralyze you or perfect you and propel you into something better in life. It all depends on how you respond to it, how you react to it. You know, challenges make life interesting. Overcoming challenges makes life meaningful. Amen? Amen. Life would be very boring if everything was nice and easy. But challenges make it interesting. Challenges also have this wonderful thing about helping us discover what's really in us. Challenges help us discover things about ourselves which we never really knew. Amen? It's only when you get squeezed, stuff comes out. And you know what's really inside you. Until then, it's all there. Hidden and you never know it. Challenges help us grow. They stretch us beyond what is what we are accustomed to. Amen? Unless you take up a challenge, you can never grow. I'm just helping us look at the positive side of life's challenges this morning. You know, great people are not born. Great people are just ordinary folk who face challenges and who conquered them. Amen. That's all. There's no difference. They were not born great. they were ordinary like you and me. It's just that when they faced a challenge in life, they decided to conquer it. And that's why today we respect them because they have conquered something in life. It's made them great. without accepting a challenge and determining to conquer it, we will never experience the thrill of victory. Amen? How can you experience the thrill of triumph unless you first fought the battle? Amen? So you'll never experience the thrill of victory. Others around you may be saying, Whoa, I've gone through it. I've come out a winner. I, I'm, so, I'm so excited. But you can never experience that same thrill unless you go through your challenge and come out a winner. The positive side of challenges. You know, cowards hide from challenges. Amen? They don't want to face the challenge. How do we hide? We try every means to hide from challenges. Sometimes one of the simplest ways to hide from a challenge is to pretend that it doesn't exist. Everybody around you are telling you things are not right. You're saying, "That oh, it's fine. What are you doing? You're being a coward, man. Come on, face up to it. Face up. Take the bull by the horn. Face up to the challenge and say, yes, there is something that's not right in my life. I've got to face up to it. I must conquer it. I must overcome it. Sometimes we hide from challenges by busying ourselves with the non essentials. You know, imagine, just, just go back to your childhood days. Your mom used to say, Come and study. So, Mom, I have to go for drama practice. Okay, go for drama practice and come. Okay, come back. Come and study. Mom, I'm so tired of practice so hard. All right. Okay, go to bed. Next day, come and study. Mom, we have very important cricket match. I'm the captain. I have to go. What are you doing? You're not facing up with the challenge of your studies. You're hiding behind other things, hoping that it will go away. It won't. Because your final examination day will come. And no matter how many drama practices you go to, no matter how many cricket matches you captain, listen. That final examination, you have to go write your exam. Amen? So you're being a coward just trying to hide around other non-essential activities and of facing up with the real challenge and saying, I've got to fight this. Sometimes we hide We be a coward, we hide behind, hide away from challenges, thinking that challenges will solve themselves automatically. It'll happen, it'll solve by itself. It came by itself, it'll go by itself. Unfortunately, in life, it doesn't happen that way. It comes, but it doesn't go until you face it and decide to do something with it. So, you know, we sometimes behave like cowards and we try to hide from challenges. But I want to encourage us this morning. I want to encourage you. You must determine that every challenge you face, you're going to conquer it and move forward in the purpose of God. Amen. You're going to determine that the challenge you face will not paralyze you and pin you down, but it will perfect you and propel you into God's purpose for your life. I want to encourage you. You must determine to do that. Amen. Refuse to let any challenge in life paralyze you. You say, any circumstance I'm going to face, I'm going to love it to perfect me and do something in me. Make me a better person and help me go forward in what God has in store for my life. You can overcome the challenges of life. Amen. Now, when I say overcome, I don't mean that you can reverse the situation. There are some situations you can never reverse. To overcome means to triumph over the devastation that could potentially have taken place. I mean, think of our, our Children's Church pastor, Stephen. Many of you know his testimony. Many years ago, and I don't know how many years now, many years ago, he met with an accident. He lost one of his legs. A challenge. Now, you can't reverse that, can you? You can't reverse it. But at that point in life, he had one of two choices. He could say, I have met with a challenge. I'm angry with God. I'm upset with God. Why did God allow this to happen to me? God is not fair. And he could have allowed that situation to paralyze him and pin him down right there in life. Or he could have said, you know, yes, this has happened. I can't reverse it, but I can conquer the outcome. I can allow this to perfect me and allow it to propel me in the purpose of God. And that's exactly what he did. It was around that time that he said yes to the call of God on his life. It was around that time he began to minister to children. Today, God's using him as a blessing. Amen. He made a choice that he would not allow the challenge of life to paralyze him. But he made a choice to say, this challenge is going to perfect me and take me and propel me into the purpose of God for my life. He's a blessing today. Teaching in our Bible college. Ministering to the kids. Doing a lot for the kingdom of God. So there are some situations in life you can't reverse. It's happened. You can't reverse it. But you can triumph over the devastation that it might bring. Amen. What I want to share with us this morning. I haven't taken my watch out, so I don't know how many hours. What I want to share with us is just some simple things that I like to do when I face challenges in my life. How to overcome life's challenges. I want to share two of them with you this morning, two of them the following Sunday when we get together. Four simple things that will help us overcome life's challenges. The first thing which I feel is so important if you're going to overcome life's challenges is simply this guard your hearts. Amen? Tell your neighbor, guard your hearts. Let's go to Proverbs chapter 4, verses 20 to 23. Proverbs chapter 4, verses 20 to 23. The Word of God says here, My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. For they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. Keep your heart with all diligence. For out of it spring the issues of life. Look at verse 23. God says, keep your heart or guard your heart with all diligence. Why? Because out of it come the issues of life. Out of your heart come the forces that shape your life. Amen. Your life is shaped not so much by externals. Your life is saved by what's in your heart. That is what is shaping your life. God, your heart because out of it come the issues of life. Out of it come the forces that shape your life. Amen. So when you face a challenge in life, fear will come knocking at your door. Unforgiveness, hatred, anger, All the negatives of life will want to gain entrance into your heart. But what you must do, what I must do is this. Make sure, God, I'm facing this challenge, but I'm not going to let anything negative get into my heart. Amen? I'm not, if somebody has hurt me, I'm not going to allow unforgiveness to stay in my heart towards that person. If somebody has wronged me, if somebody has betrayed me, somebody has let me down, somebody has you know, done something, disappointed me, or if I have faced failure, or if I faced a tragedy in my life, whatever it is, I am not going to allow it to cause negative things to get into my heart. Because when negative things get into my heart, they're going to have a devastating effect on the rest of my life. Amen? So you've got to guard your heart. Guard your heart with all diligence. Jesus said, in the world you'll have tribulation, but be of good cheer. See, what's your response? You're having tribulation in the world. What must you do? Get depressed with the world? No. Be of good cheer. Keep your joy. Be undaunted. Be courageous. Be confident. Is what Jesus said. In the world you have tribulation, but be of good cheer. Keep that confidence. God, your heart. You're about to take a new challenge and fear comes knocking on the door and if you let fear get into your heart, you know what? It will weaken you even before you start your assignments. Fear weakens you even before you get started. So guard your heart. Do not allow any negative attitude whether it's fear, anger, bitterness, hatred you know, towards your parents, towards your kids, towards your spouse, uh, towards your employer, towards your colleagues. Never let Any negative attitude get into your hearts. Amen? Period. Guard your hearts. They will come knocking at the door. But you got to guard your heart. Your attitude affects the outcome. Your attitude in a situation will affect the outcome. So you got to be careful that you always have a positive attitude. Keep positive things in your heart. Love. Joy, peace, forgiveness. All these things are available to us. They are the fruit of the Spirit. Keep those things in your heart. Amen. Guard your heart with all diligence. You know, during their times of migration, both the hummingbird and the vulture fly over the desert desert land. The vulture looks for dead meat. It looks for decaying flesh. Things that are without life. And it goes down to dwell on that. The hummingbird looks for the desert blossoms. And it goes there. Amen. Everybody goes through desert times of life. Amen. You choose what you want to settle on. You can choose to go for what is dead and gone. What's decaying. Or you can choose something that's new and fresh. The choice is yours. Amen. You can be either a hummingbird or a vulture. Take your pick. So in the middle of life's challenges, focus on the remedies, not on the false. False, everybody's got false. You've got false, others have got faults. Everybody's got false. What's the point in pointing out people's faults? You're like the vulture, sitting on dead meat. But be like the hummingbird, focus on the remedies, on the positives. What good can I do? So how do you guard your heart? Right there, God says in Proverbs 4, He says, Pay attention to my words. Let my words be in your heart. Don't allow them to get away from your eyes. How do you guard your heart? Always keep your eyes on what the Word says. Amen. Let the word of God dwell in your heart. Keep your eyes on the word. So you're in a fearful situation. You're afraid. Everything is new. You're on a new assignment. Fear comes knocking on your door. You're saying, God, this challenge is just too much for me. I cannot rise up to this challenge. Fear comes knocking at your door. What do you do? You say, What does the word of God say? God's word says, I will strengthen you. God's word says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. God's word says, be strong and very courageous because I will be with you to help you. Amen. So you say, God, I know this challenge is really big. It feels like uh, it's just too much for me. But you said in your word, you will help me. You will strengthen me. So God, I'm going to take it up." Amen. See, when you do that, you're going to keep fear out of your hearts. When you keep your eyes on the Word and you let the Word dwell in you richly. Or when somebody has wronged you, somebody has hurt you, what do you do? What does the Word say? The Word says, Love your neighbor as you love yourself. The Word says, Forgive as I have forgiven you. The Word says, By this will all people know you are my disciples if you have love one for another. So you'll fix your eyes on that word and say, God, I know this person has wronged me. This person has hurt me. This person has let me down. This person has abused me. Whatever, whatever, whatever. But God, you said in your word, i got to love my neighbor. I'm going to do that in this situation. I'm going to keep my eyes on that word. When you keep your eyes on the word, I love his word to dwell in your heart. It's going to help you guard your heart with all diligence. And the word is going to shape your life. Amen. God, your heart. The choice is yours. Another thing I found very useful uh, uh, that helps me guard my heart is to pray. And in prayer, I just recognize and I release. So if, if, I'm, you know, if I'm getting a negative feeling towards a person... I just go to God and say, God, you know, I am feeling so negative towards this person. I know I'm feeling angry, whatever, whatever, whatever. These are the feelings I'm having towards this person. I recognize it. But I also recognize that I must guard my heart. I don't want this in me. So Father, in the name of Jesus, I release it. I cast it out of my life. I choose not to hold any kind of ill feeling towards so-and-so. Amen. I pray. I recognize what I'm feeling. I recognize the importance of guarding my heart. And I release it. I say, God, take it out. I don't want it in me. Because if I don't guard my heart, it's going to trouble me, not that person. Amen. You know, somebody said if you hate somebody, you're giving that person too much importance. Amen. If you hate somebody, you're giving that person too much importance. They're occupying so much of your time, so much of your energy. Without even being around, they've drained you. Because you're hating, you hate them so much. Don't do that. So by fixing your eyes on the Word, through praying and just recognizing and releasing it before God, you're able to guard your heart, safeguard your heart, keep away these negative things out of your heart. So that what comes out of your heart and shapes your life is going to be the good Word of God. It will shape you. The second thing that is very important for us to overcoming the challenges of life, number two. So first we said, God, your heart. Second thing that I found very important here is to overcome evil with good. Overcome evil with good. Now I just thinking about another example here about the previous point about guarding your heart. Many of you know, Many of you heard Andrew Taylor minister here a couple of Sundays ago. What many of you may not know about Andrew Taylor is this. You may not know that his wife Patsy has been having severe health problems for more than 10 years. Many times she has been close to death in critical situations. And in all the years that I've known Andrew, I've never once heard him complain about the problem he's going through. Never once have I heard words of self pity come from him. He could have said, You know, I'm serving God, but look, my wife is in such a bad condition. So many times in and out of hospital, and so many times like this. Oh, why is God loving this? Never, never, never heard him complain. Never heard words of self pity. Nothing. In fact, he makes everybody else laugh. Amen? What has he done? He's learned to guard his heart. Amen? Yes, there's a challenge. I'm going to guard my heart. I'm going to keep the joy of the Lord in me because his joy is my strength. I'm going to keep the peace of God in me because in him I have peace. In the world I have tribulation. I choose to be in him because in him I have peace. God, your heart. Number two, we said, overcome evil with good. Romans, the 12th chapter, verses 19 to 21. Very, very simple scriptures. We've read them many times. You know them probably backwards. Romans 12, 19 to 21. Paul writes here, Romans 12, 19, 21, he says, Beloved, do not avenge yourselves. In other words, don't take revenge for yourselves. Let God handle the situation. Do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath. For it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. Therefore, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him a drink. For in so doing you will heap coals of fire on his head. Some of you said, God, I'd rather just heap coals of fire directly. God says, you know, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him a drink. And in so doing, you'll be heaping coals of fire on his head. Verse 21. Do not be overcome by evil, But overcome evil with good. So he says, don't allow evil to overcome you. Don't allow the negatives that people do against you. Don't let it overpower you. But what you do, you subdue evil with good. You subdue the negative with the positive. Amen. This is what God says. How can you overcome evil? Not with evil, with good. Light overcomes darkness. Righteousness always overpowers unrighteousness. Truth always triumphs over a lie. Amen. You overcome evil with good. So when people hurt you, you choose to extend forgiveness. When people are, uh, you know, you, you, you choose to yield even when you don't have to. You choose to love even when you've been hurt. You learn to overcome evil with good. That's what makes you a winner in life. Amen. See, Jesus said the meek will inherit the earth. But the world thinks the other way. So you've got to be the big boss. you got to dominate. You've got to be this, this, this. Then you'll be a superstar. No. But Jesus said the meek will inherit the earth. Meekness is not weakness; it's strength. The meek will inherit the earth. You learn to heal, You learn to forgive. You learn to be good. You will overcome evil, and that's the only way you overcome evil. Amen. I was going to close with this example. You know, um, sometime towards the end of last year, I think it was November so on, uh, we began to do some work for a, a large multi- multinational company here in Bangalore. Oh, we began to do some work. Now, when I met, met the CIO at that time, they called me in. I met, met the CIO. The, he had already signed a contract with another company in another place. Well, the funny thing is they didn't have the expertise to build the software that he needed. So he called us in and he said, you know, I've signed the contract with them, but I want you to build it. And uh, I said, perfectly fine. We can do it. We know how to do it. It's a great piece of work. We can do it. But he said, "But, I, but... I'm going to pay you through that company. I said, you know, see, we are working for you. I want you to pay us directly. And I tried to get him out of it. He said, no, we can't do it. I've already, you know, signed the contract. I have even sent some money to them. But I want you to do the work. I said, fine, you know, all's fair. We're going to do the work. We're going to get paid. Fine, we'll do it. So we did the work. Uh, sometime in April, I mean, we we wrapped it up, we delivered phase one of the work. Uh, we got our payments, it took some time to come in, but payments came in. And uh, then sometime in April this year, he came. I met with him and he said, you know, I want you to hand over the whole project to that company. And from start to finish, this middle company had zero input in what we did. And when he told me that it didn't sit well with me, I said, no, I can't do it. I can't do it. This is not fair. This product that we've built has so much of our intellectual knowledge. I mean, it's got our framework, it's got our architecture, it's got all the good stuff we've built. And you want me to give this for free to another company who's got zero input on it? So it's not fair. Beginning, I said, No, I can't do it. You can't do it. And uh, I'm just struggling with this thing. I said, God, this is not fair. First of all, I don't know what he's getting back from that company for routing payments to them, to us. He was not willing to change it. We did the, all the work. Now he's telling me to hand over the whole thing to them. We're going to miss out on phase two, phase three, and all the other work that we could get. And uh, God, this is not fair. And then, I, you know, uh, it's good to get counsel from people. So I went and met somebody, you know, who's, who's got a lot of experience with business. I, you know, I said, you know, here's the situation. What do you suggest we do? And uh, unfortunately, this person said, you know, dog eats dog. Just tell him whatever payback he's getting from that middle company, you'll pay him back, tell him to give you all the work. Now, I may not be very experienced in business, but I have enough knowledge of the Word of God to know that that's not the right thing to do. The Bible tells me in Proverbs 11 verse 3 that the integrity of the righteous will guide them. So if I walk in integrity, my integrity will be my guiding light. It will guide me. So in my integrity, I said, you know, that's not the right counsel. I can't take that. I can't do that. Uh, so what's the right thing to do? The Bible tells me to overcome evil with good. I said, God, you know, I'm going to release. It. I'm going to let go. I might lose this customer. I might lose all the other work that's going to come from them. It's unfairly going to go to this company who's got no input. They don't even understand the technology. It's going to go to them, but God, if this is what I need to do to walk in integrity, I'm going to do it. So, we sent off the source code, we sent it out, uh, handed everything over. Then I wrote a three, four page document kind of summarizing our experience with them. I said, you know, uh, thank you so much, but here's some recommendations I'll give you on how you can improve your processes. They didn't ask me to do it. I went ahead the second month. I made some recommendations of they can improve their internal processes so they can have a better IT department. I did all that, sent it to them. This was sometime April or so. Two months, everything turned around. The CIO left the company. The end users called and said, We want to work with you directly. We want to continue this project. And not only that, we want to give you more work from us. You know, everything turned around in two months. God turned it around. All I did was to know, do what the Bible tells me to do. Let integrity guide me. That's all I did. I didn't fight back. I didn't say, so no, 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 okay. I mean, initially, yes, I was upset. It didn't sit well with me. I just said, this is unfair. This is not right. But you know, the Bible says the integrity of the righteous will guide them. I said, okay, I let go. And God turned it around. Today, they call us almost every week. You know, we have more work for you. We want you to do this. We want to do that. All this stuff coming. Amen. You learn to overcome evil with God. Amen. How can you overcome life's challenges? God, your heart. Don't allow anything negative to get in there. Number two. Always remember this. You overcome evil with good. You can never overcome evil with evil. You overcome evil with God. Amen. Let's stand up to our feet and let's take some time to pray. I call the musicians up.